And the hot stop. Uh, what's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome. On that one guitar squeal. We got to slide that. That's yeah. got to go somewhere. Um, Welcome, guys, to the Deviant Gentleman Podcast, episode 17. My name is Shane Vitko, alongside my co-host, Mr. Tommy Vext. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? And we have a very special guest today. We have the drummer from System of a Down, John Dolmayan. Hey, how are you? Well, good, man. Good to see you. Thanks you for coming that in. that perfectly, by the Thank way. Thank you. Thank you. We practiced. Yeah. I was in the mirror all morning. Thanks for coming down. Uh, there's so many things to talk about. Uh, we have a list, but uh, I mean, Shane, where do you want to get started with this? I mean, there's like there is uh, there's a lot. We got questions. Yeah. Jump into um, I mean, we can start with with light and then get to heavy, or you want to jump right in? Uh, fuck it, just jump right in. All right. So um, there's been some controversy lately uh, with you. So. Uh, from what I saw, there was a few things. Um, uh, you made a controversial post about the anti Antifa and BLM being Marxists and communists, um, as well as a statement that Donald Trump is the greatest friend of minorities. And there has been quite some backlash towards you, towards that that's not what System of a Down stands for. And I know you and your, and the lead singer um, have very opposing views. So I don't know. Tell me about, I guess, why you made the post, what it means to you, and What's the backlash, Ben? Well, it goes past just being in a band together. We're also brother-in-laws. Right, right. I don't and know that's, you know that. Well, I do, but I wasn't sure through who. Are you married we're to married sister? To, we're married to two sisters. Oh, okay. Oh, so he okay. married the older sister, and I married the younger sister. Oh, no shit. By coincidence, of course. We didn't plan it that way. Okay. Double uh, wedding? or Would have been nice. <laughs> you know those Armenian <laughs> weddings. Cheaper, cheaper. Those right? Armenian weddings are fucking yeah, a lot know, happening. We, yeah. actually, we actually didn't have a wedding. We okay. just had a little ceremony. It was just a, like three or four people there. Oh, cool. Okay. And um, we were planning on having a big wedding, but you know, life uh, life moved on. We had, we ended up. She ended up getting pregnant, mm -hmm. um, and it saved me about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. So it was perfect. <laughs> How long have you guys been married? We've been married for uh, going on six years. It'll be six years in January. It's been a really good ride. And uh, and Serge and his wife have been married before or after? Much longer. I think. Oh, yeah, okay. They they have to be. They've been dating for, I think, close to 14 or 15 years. Oh, okay. So well, now, did you and your wife meet because of always, like, you being with Serge and her being with... Not... You would think so, but no. It was it was more just... Well, we had met... We knew each other, of right. course. And um, I was having breakfast at a place that I like, and she happened to be there. And being the gentleman that I am, I bought her breakfast. And um, she sent me a thank you, and that's kind of like... That was the beginning of it, and we just... Became friendly and then right. her sister, them. her sister called me and said, "Hey, look, my sister needs a good guy. Can you find her a good guy?" And I already know what that means. Right, right, right. So, and you're like, but I had a horrible I, reputation. Like, I am a good guy. I'm real. I really wasn't. Oh, right. I had so, a horrible reputation. Well, uh, you're a rock star. I mean, we all have bad reputations. Yeah. Well, you know, I like women. 
Yeah. No, I enjoy the company. So yeah, I hashtag to, me too. <laughs> I tried to, I'm literally gonna get in trouble as this is rolling when it airs. From <laughs> well, really, me if you're nasty. It really stems from our love for, for them, right? Like yeah, you want to yeah. be with as many yeah, people you enjoy being around as possible. Yeah, you it's, know? it's romantic. It's if poetic. I'm watching a movie, I don't want to do it with my guy friends. I'm sorry. Yeah, want to yeah. cuddle up with a. Yeah, I don't want me and Shane don't yeah. want the notebook together. That's, I you tell him all the time. Yeah, not it's today, a good look. Tommy. Not yeah, today. It's yeah. a good look, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, for so anyway, so the backstory is that you guys brother-in-laws it's mm -hmm. more than the band but uh talk to me about some of the stuff that's been going on so as, as to my views i have a very open mind about things mm -hmm. and um i don't think it comes off that way always on uh, my instagram post because usually when i'm posting that it's in the heat of the moment something has upset me or um you know and at the end of the day these are my opinions but mm -hmm. one of the reasons why i put up these posts is because system of a down has like a legacy of being left-leaning which isn't always the case. You know, um, Surge, of course, is responsible for the lyrics, but they didn't always represent the band in the way that we maybe wanted to, right? Like, there's four individuals in the band. I don't speak for any of the individuals except for myself, and neither mm -hmm. does Surge. But um, because he had that platform of writing the lyrics, it was, the perception was out there right. that that's how the band felt at all times, where I don't even think Surge necessarily felt those ways at all times, right? Like, you're supposed to have diversity of opinion even within your own mind of course you know? yeah. and you should judge things based on information that's presented to you you know so a lot of those lyrics i did agree with at the time for example like reforming the prison system right. you know mm -hmm. some things trump has actually done right. you mm -hmm. know i just don't believe it's quite as black and white as as we're led to believe it is you know and uh, that if you don't have an open mind about things and if you don't delve into the reasons things are happening and kind of discover things for yourselves, and you just say, okay, well, I'm a Republican or I'm a de Democrat, and that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life, you're right. doing yourself a disservice. Right. Well, it also, put, it, it also means that the parties, the, the duopoly of those party systems, over the course of a, a decade or a century, can't change their, what, who they're fighting for, what their policies are, based on the party's own political motives. And so I think that's something that... I, why identity politics is kind of a, a, a dangerous game because the either either party can switch you know what who they're serving or who they're saying they're serving to get the votes uh, in order to to get what they want which is to be in control it's also comprised of human beings right mm -hmm. Congress and Senate are comprised of human beings so is the presidency and his cabinet or her cabinet if we have a female president at some point. You know, so you have to also understand that although somebody calls themselves either a Democrat or Republican or whatever, their philosophies could be completely different. And they could be like far right or far left in that particular party's views. Mm -hmm. You know, so anyway, the, one of the main reasons and primary reasons I get myself into a lot of trouble and do myself no favors by posting the things that I post because they're not popular reviews. But one of the reasons I do it is because if you're a system fan, Mm -hmm. and you enjoy the music, you enjoy some of the lyrics. By the way, only about like 12% or, or less of our uh, music is political in origin anyway. You know, so yeah, it's a misconception. I'm pretty sure old school Hollywood is not... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. lyrics that are, that are social, they're about your love interests, they're about your life, they're about calamities that take place, and some of them are just fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, so... And a lot of that stuff is taken out of context as well, but... If you're a system fan and you gravitate towards the music, you enjoy the music, but you don't necessarily agree with the perceived message, 
well, where do you go, right? Like, uh, if you think that Serge is the mouthpiece of the band, which he is as far as vocally, but not necessarily for ideology, mm. then you have nowhere to go, right? Mm. So I wanted to present a different view and to give kids out there who think differently and who are critical thinkers not necessarily following the norm that there is a different option. You can think differently. It's okay to have diversity of opinion as long as it's done peaceably. You know, I have no problem with Black Lives Matter and Antifa if they did it peaceably, mm -hmm. you know? It's the violent component. It's the violent but, component yeah. and also like the agenda, I believe is Marxist. They make no uh, secret I mean, well, they Well, they say that it's Marxist, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like as soon as you go, as much as I don't like the Marxist agenda and communism and socialism in general because they don't work, right? And I, and I love America and I want America to be successful for everybody to have the ability to succeed in it. I will never oppose their right to voice that opinion, you know, because I believe in the Constitution. What I have a problem with is when you have like a reverse McCarthyism, which is what's mm -hmm. taking place right now with the cancel culture and just like the the talking down to people who think differently or have a different mindset from this morally superior high ground that a lot of the people on the left are um, coming from these days, I have a serious problem with that. Mm -hmm. And that exists in our band to a certain degree, although I think Serge is a very open-minded guy. I think um, this derangement regarding Trump and this hate of Trump, he's like the this vilified character for a lot of people has taken away some of that uh, common decency, taken away the ability for people to have um, their listening ears on and just, you know, taking things for what they are. The guy's done a lot of good for people. Mm -hmm. You know, he's done, not every policy he has is good, but he's mm -hmm. done a lot of good for this country. And he should be credited with that. I mean, I don't hear very many people talking about what's happening right now with uh, Israel and the Middle East um, peace treaties there and, and he's been nominated for a nobel peace prize for the work that he's done instituting those peace treaties in the middle east correct? yeah and and he deserves it now i don't know how much validity the nobel peace prize has anymore because mm -hmm. some of the people that have been getting it in recent years i don't know what they've accomplished that they've gotten a nobel peace prize but mm -hmm. you know if anybody deserves it it's him because if he can if he can broker a truce between these countries and actually have them start to develop relationships. Which hasn't happened in how long? It hasn't long? happened since the formation of Israel. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, some of these countries have had no policy of interaction mm -hmm. with each other. So if that happens, that's a huge thing for, for the world, right? It, the, it's, it's, it's actually very good for Palestinians as well mm -hmm. because they can have a road to reforming their own country, which they, are, they should have, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and out of a peaceful relationship in that area, right? Like in general. I was born in Lebanon mm -hmm. during a civil war, and we had to leave Lebanon um, for, for obvious reasons, you know, especially being a Christian minority mm -hmm. in Lebanon. And, and I would love for there to be peace for those people because they've been going through hardships for, you know, for quite some time, at least 100 years. Yeah. And so let me ask you a question. As, as, as an American immigrant, you know, if... if the Marxist agenda presumably gets what they want. My fear is where do you, where do you go in the world then? If America is a beacon uh, of salvation for the globe, you know, for people to immigrate here to, 
for the American dream to to start their start a new life and to live freely of tyranny and oppression and be free to speak uh, without censorship and persecution and be free to worship. Uh, these are two of the things that you know, especially in 2020, like you know, that have been really under attack. Censorship, you know, I mean, we're we're dealing with it on this show because we talk about things that people don't uh, you know deem threatening or you know misinformation has become the new label of the ideologies and the questions that you're putting forth threaten my agenda so it's misinformation or it's false information Mm -hmm. um and then and also to worship you know there's a huge movement going on right now where there's the only tour in the u.s is a is a christian rock band doing worship protests and they're between six and twelve thousand attendees a show and they're doing it in these parks and i i find it odd that especially in the state of california churches and mosques and things are closed the strip clubs are open i went to a strip club the other day just because i didn't believe it and my friend works at one and i was like oh, i'm gonna come now do you have a mask on and the stripper has a mask on no i i saw this is the the greatest <laughs> thing i saw in 2020 is I saw a girl do a strip dance with, with a face shield on, <laughs> trying to look sexy, and I was like, I, "I'm like I'm in Black Mirror. I'm living <laughs> yeah. in a Black Mirror episode." Maybe if I was into um, fucking RoboCop. Yeah. So yeah, so the so I guess that's my question is where do where, you know where do we go? Before you guys go on, can you explain to me and other people what the McCarthy? Uh, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that's oh, something yeah, to yeah. deal with censorship. So during the '50s, there were um, these trials. And they they were basically going after communists, and um, they they essentially ruined people's lives. They had the McCarthy trials, right? And they ruined people's lives. So if you were left leaning, if you were ever like let's say you went one time to a meeting held by communists, so you were blacklisted out of Hollywood. You were mm-hmm. blacklisted right. you, um, to work. People had to use assumed names, and you know. I will spend my life fighting against communists and socialists. But if you believe in the United States, if you believe in the Constitution, you also have to Mm -hmm. fight for their right to have those opinions and to Mm -hmm. voice those opinions. Of course, will they do that the same for you? Probably not, right? Because they have their agenda, and their agenda is get get rid of religion, get rid of the family structure, and... uh, it's easier to control people and to ultimately they pretend to do things for the benefit of everyone, right? Like everyone should have an equal life. But what they really do is the hierarchies are still there. Mm-hmm. You know, the very wealthy are still there. They're just party members, you know? Mm-hmm. So the people that you think are going to normalize everything and make your life better by giving you everything which never works, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you give a kid everything they want, they're the worst kid, the most well, spoiled brat. We're seeing it now. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we have generations. Don't even get me started on <laughs> two worst generations that I know in history are uh, the hippies, who mm-hmm. I hate, <laughs> and uh, this new generation who has been told for 20 years that there's no winners in life, that right. everybody mm-hmm. is equal Everyone's on equal. every level. Everybody's not equal on every level. Yeah. Everybody has a same right to succeed and the same freedoms to believe in whatever they want to believe in as far as religiously and pursue whatever dreams they have. Yes, we have that right here in the United States. You don't have it other places. But no, you're not equal. Everybody's different. You know, that's what makes life beautiful. 
is that you might be better at something than I am, and then I'm better at using something, or maybe not. You know. Well, like a band is the easiest example of that. One, you know, I sing, you play drums. You know, uh, you know, Darren plays guitar or Doc plays guitar. Everyone does a part, and uh, and it's able to work together because everyone does what they're specifically good at and a society is the same way right. like we can't function without you know the the just like we need electricians and we need barbers and we need you know we need entertainers and we need uh law enforcement and we you know there's a, a society cannot run and the and the idea that we're kind of almost if, if everything was equalized equally it, bad yeah, that's what ends up happening yeah because yeah. everybody has an equally bad life mm -hmm. except for the people in power and they have the trust me. If you if you look back in history to communist Russia, oh, yeah. or to uh, communist Cuba, they had very good lives at the top. Mm -hmm. But everybody else was starving, right? Yeah. Everybody else was limited on how successful they could be, and that just doesn't work because ultimately, you're going to put in the least amount of effort possible if you know that there's no benefit to you going forward. Now that could work. the 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 ideas of communism are actually really good intrinsically right like if you go down to the basics of a village mm -hmm. if the baker does his job and bakes and then the blacksmith does their job and then the farmer does their job and everybody does their job and they live communally that makes sense yeah but as soon as you get out of that that, that small setting it, it just stops it unravels right. very quickly mm -hmm. because you know people people don't want to do things for other people with no benefit to themselves all the time and have like a mundane existence where you're limited on what you can do. Somebody could literally tell you what you're going to be doing for a profession in those in those uh, situations. You know, how so, much how much does the you know in, in in Marxist terms the bourgeoisie control the proletariat uh, population? You know, I, I, especially in terms in America when it comes to race. You know, I feel like we're dealing with a class war that's been reclassified as a as a racial thing. Where it's it's very obvious to me that how much money you have is 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 almost how you're targeted, you know, of uh, of what is important to you and what to be afraid of, and you know, it. I feel like issues are being. I don't know how to say this in a non-controversial way. I feel <laughs> like issues are being. Uh, th there are certain issues that are perpetuated, being perpetuated, and and uh, propagated, uh, and. Uh, blown out of proportion in order to keep people's attention away from other things that should have equal or if not more attention that affect our society as a whole. The Democrats are very good at smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you ever seen the movie Wag the Dog? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what Wag the Dog I is? I don't. So basically they created like a crisis and they hired a Hollywood producer to... Um, essentially produce this crisis, actors, everything, you know, and then they actually had to take him out because he wanted to go to the public with it at some point. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that's what, ha that's what's happening now. It's is an it, interesting is theory. It, is, it, it's, is it possible that that's what? It's, it's absolutely possible. But w the reason I brought that up is because Democrats historically don't have a very good track record with civil rights well, they they uh, voted every time against the emancipation of slaves to uh, the eradication of Jim Crow to equal rights to voting rights. I mean, they've been on the wrong side of history every single time. Yet somehow, 
around 40 years ago or so, 50 years ago, they made people believe that they were completely changed and on the other side. Now, this is the this is the party that rebranding themselves. Correct. They were very. It was brilliant, brilliantly done, um, and they have control over a lot of minority cities. You know, and if right. you and if you see the minorities in these cities, they don't do well under uh, democratic leadership, and almost always, when they go to like uh, cities that are run by Republicans, they immediately do better. You know, and. Um, and again, this is not to say that Democrats are always bad and Republicans are always good. That's just not the case. Mm -hmm. And if it comes right now, in my opinion, the Democrats are really bad. They're bad for the people that they represent, and they're bad for the U.S. economy. They are far left in their agendas. But um, when the right goes bad, it goes bad, really bad as well. Mm -hmm. So we really have to do what we can to focus on energy to bring everybody more to the middle. You can be a conservative in some areas and be a li more liberal in your ideas than others. And that's really what it should be. And I think most people have that philosophy in general. Like they, they don't feel all the way um, allied with yeah. one side or the other or polarized. You know, I have a lot of, uh, I like a lot of social programs. You know, they're built and designed to help people that need a helping hand. That's okay. But we should also raise people um, not to take advantage of this and have a lifelong dependency on it, but to use it as a crutch when you need it and then to stabilize yourself and have that personal um, sense of pride that you're going to provide for yourself. And that, uh, you know, we're here to help the country more than the country is here to help us, right? Like for future generations. And that, that mindset is being taken away from people. You know, a lot of, and by the way, it seems like the black race is the only race talked about as a minority. There's a lot of minorities in this country, mm -hmm. you know, but um, it's more polarizing to talk about the downtrodden black person and how that black person can't succeed in life and won't succeed in life and to kind of hold them in that position rather than enable black people to understand that they are the same as everybody else, have the same opportunities and should strive towards the same things, you know, which is bettering themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's not uh, not to say that this is a comparison, but I guess my relation to that is like when when I'm suffering from drug and alcohol addiction, like I felt like the biggest piece of shit on earth and like I was worthless and I'm never going to be anything. And like I found a way to get out of that and face some things and know that I could do better. So it's like everybody has that opportunity no matter who you are no or i'm a living example of it you know that's why i take a lot of issue with this stuff because i'm african-american i'm a crack baby i was abandoned my mother was a junkie and left me in the hospital um i i was adopted into an alcoholic family you know it was and then i grew up in the hood and it was like you know all those things you know that's not who it's that doesn't stop us from being who we are you can be you can grow up in a war zone you can be born in a war zone right and that's what I, that's the, what comes back to like, I don't want to lose the the American dream, the the thing that people, you know, the Marxist agenda wants to tear down the very beacon of hope that uh, that someone like me could not ascend through class systems over the past twenty five years of my life through hard work through uh, through all persevering the, all, persevering yeah and and you know it's it it kind of is strange to me to watch people like LeBron James and you know NFL players and and these these sports players taking a knee. It, it's 
when it when you if you did not live in this country you would not be able to have become a, a multi right. multi million millionaire athlete right that is not available to you see these are very good intention people mm -hmm. you know i believe lebron james is a good person sure sure not without knowing him personally because he's i've just seen misinformed I'm sorry? You think he's just misinformed? Well, I think he's trying to do the right thing. And um, sometimes when you're trying to do the right thing, you want to be perceived a certain way. You listen to information that might lead you in a direction where you start to hate something else, like I hate a different ideal. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. They just don't know the reality of it. Like, um, how do you argue against Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah, without looking like a racist. Well, no, how do you argue it at all? Of course, of course, Black Lives Matter. Right, of course. Right? Well, the movement is right. not the same as a corporation. Right. Not just that, but like, it's very well worded. Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter. So when, when you initially look at that statement, you say, okay, obviously I agree with that, right? Right. To look further into it and to look for why that organization was formed, who formed that organization, where does the money go, that people donate to that organization is just so far beyond what the normal person does. Mm -hmm. And then once you go down a road, right? Like it's very hard to diverge from that path, right? So for LeBron right now, if LeBron came out and was like, you know what? I was wrong about Black Lives Matter. I was wrong about this movement. I no longer agree with it. It's very hard for him to do that because he's gone down that road and he doesn't want to look like he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't want to look like he's not vested in things and researching things. He wants to look like a very smart individual, which he might be, I don't know him personally again, who, who um, is not going to be fooled by somebody. But why are public figures not entitled to make mistakes anymore? They're absolutely entitled to make mistakes, but in their head, they're greater than. You know? Oh, so the ego says to be wrong Correct. is to die. So I cannot be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because I am greater than, right? Yeah. Because I'm an exceptional person at this or that, I'm greater than. And you'll also find this in very well educated people, right? They go through their education system and they're indoctrinated, really, mm -hmm. and, and brainwashed through their education. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, I've been fed this for 25 years, so everything I know about life this is the reality that I know. So if I question this, then I have to question everything, not just about my reality, about myself, about who I adore and who I admire. You know, like looking behind the curtain and seeing Oz is very difficult for people. They don't want, they, even if they know Oz is back there, they like the fantasy of the world that they're in. And it's very difficult for them to get out of that. And again, when you're vilified for it, when when people call you a racist or a sexist or whatever ist you want to throw in there and um, and they think poorly of you and they don't want to support you financially anymore with whatever you do and all these things, all these negatives that are associated with it, it's really hard to take that stance. So when I see people take that stance, even if it's for the wrong reasons, it's hard not to admire them. You know, Now, of course, some people are so high up, it's hard to, you know, Kanye West... His life isn't going to change if he doesn't make another dollar. Mm -hmm. He's pretty well off and he's set for the rest of his life. But it's hard 
it's hard for him to take those stances. But it's interesting how people, where you say, like, whether you make another dollar or not, your life's not going to change. It's interesting still how some will go with whatever the narrative is for whatever the people they're interested in are doing, and somehow some will go, no, that's not how I feel, and I'll say this because the, uh, this is my view, and what are you going to do, take my word from me? I'm already okay. It's interesting that... But they will, they will try to do that. The cancel culture is very strong. Well, and you've experienced that. Do you, can you can you kind of talk about your experience with with some of that stuff I've seen online that you you were dealing with? So I own a comic book company, mm. a, a comic book stores. I love yeah. comic books. Yeah, I've been to the hangar in Vegas. Yeah, well, I'm a massive nerd. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and I and I enjoy, I enjoy the collecting world, and I enjoy the relationships I have with people that are in that world. It's very much like music, where, you know, you look out in the audience. You just see fans, right? Like it doesn't matter where you are in the world, what culture there are, ethnicity, yeah, it's just religious your, your background, sexual orientation. It makes no difference because we are unified in our love for the music, both us as the performers and them as the listeners, right. right? And it's the same in comics. Like if you like Superman or Black Panther or whomever, we're all fans of that together, mm -hmm. right? So. It's something that brings people together, yet there are certain people, and I don't think they're real fans. I just think they're people that troll and look for you know, ways to disrupt, and uh, a lot of them are paid to do so. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I yeah, mean, we've talked, we've talked a lot about that. So, um, you know, I've had people go on Torpedo Comics and give us a bad review and say, you, you, you know, the owner is a fascist and all this. Well, these are people that either don't know the definition of a fascist, mm -hmm. Right or are doing that reversal of roles, where they're the fascists and they're um, kind of putting that moniker on you, right? Which is a great tactic if you think about it. Worked great for Hitler too, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, he had his brown shirts go around and beat people up and intimidate. You think everybody in Germany wanted to to kill millions of people or to go to war or do all that? At a certain point, when you're in a real fascist state, you don't have a choice. If you don't go along with it, you end up dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so self-preservation kicks in, and you know it's wrong to do what you're doing, but you have to do it because you have kids, right. or you have a family, or you just don't want to die. And you know, so, so ultimately, it just desensitizes you, and you just and you go along with yeah. it, and that's it. And at a certain point, there's no going back, right? Although there are some very brave people do continue to fight, and a lot of them lose their lives for it, or lose their financial life, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so here in the United States, we have benefits. You know, we have Bill of Rights, we have the Constitution, so we have certain protections. But that doesn't protect you against stupidity. You know, it doesn't protect you against hate. And um, it can hurt you, right? Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to release a comic book very soon um, based on an original story that I wrote. And it's perfectly suited for TV or Netflix or something like that. I don't know if that's ever going to happen for me because of what I've put out there. Right. You know, unless the unless it changes very soon, which it could, by the way, the mindset could change. Mm. The generation that is growing up right now is watching the destruction that's happening, and they may be like, "That's not for us." You know, we're going to do things a different way. In fact, you turned me off to that way of thinking because of it, and that that often will be the case. But you know, I also see a lot of people getting voted into Congress who are uh, detrimental to the health of this nation. Mm -hmm. Like uh, people like AOC, who I despise. Yeah. And um, again, this is somebody who, in in her own head, 
I imagine she thinks she's doing what's best for people, but really she's just taking opportunity away from people. And the most blatant example of that is the is the entire deal with Amazon that she destroyed. Her and her friends <clears throat> destroyed them in Brooklyn. You know, it would have provided what like I I don't remember if it was six billion or more. Mm. That's not that's just a, in initial uh, salaries, but you have to think about what that does to the environment around you, right? Like restaurants do better, dry cleaners do better, gas stations do better. Everybody does better mm. when the money is pumped into that community. And it, it's insane that um, the very same people that she basically hurt are voting her back into office. It, it's perplexing to me. It's like, well, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, it's, I don't a, understand it's the philosophy. very bizarre. It, I bang my head against the wall trying to understand how people have been so manipulated to not understand what's going on. And I, I, did you see the um, uh, what I was just talking about the the documentary on Netflix that we were talking about last week? Oh, the social the dilemma. social dilemma. It, it it talks about how the algorithms on social media build these echo chambers that reconstitute whatever it is that we consume and like. Um, and I wonder, I mean, you know, is that part of the problem? Is it like, are people getting bombarded with only things that they like from these people and they're not able to see the effects that their decisions are a detriment to the community? Okay. Well, maybe, but at the end of the day, we're all responsible for ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, but like I said, it's, it's hard to really delve into things and, and ask those questions because at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror and and live with yourself because you made these decisions, mm -hmm. you know? So it takes a lot of strength to, to combat that. But, you know, bringing it back to the system of a down thing, um, it, it's not really about Serge versus me and my ideas and his ideas. We'll argue probably for the rest of our lives on that. But when we get together, we really try to just put politics aside right. and mm -hmm. have a family life and, and enjoy each other's company and talk about artistic things and, um, you know, we have very different ideas on how the world works. But that's okay. I don't, I don't hate him for that. I hope he doesn't hate me for that. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, if you, if you really believe in this country, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you have to fight for the other side's aisle, you know, the other side's rights mm. to have those opinions and to express those opinions. I can't say that enough. I'm curious about as far as the censorship and stuff, and as deep as you want to get into it, but has who has specifically, I guess, uh, the music industry, uh, listening platforms, the band has said kind of, John, take it easy. John, maybe stay, take a step back. John, careful of what you say. Have you received that at all? No. From my manager, he was just like, look, maybe, maybe you guys are going a little too far, you know? Sounds for, familiar for both Serge is it, is and I. Is Yeah, I love him. <laughs> and we did, you know, we did have a private text conversation between me, Bino, and and Serge. And then um, afterwards, Serge came out, you know, with something, a statement, right? But uh, which is pretty honorable. I mean, you know, the fact that you know would have been nice if it was done before the the conversation, because I've always sure. said, you know, no matter what. It, at anybody's philosophy is in the band. I respect them mm. for it. And and again, I think because Serge views himself in a way where he's really doing the right thing, right? Right. And he really does care about people, and he does a lot for for uh, individuals. Um, 
and our nation as right. well. And, and well, you guys both do a lot for Saw. Yes, and and for people that people, you know, he's really trying to help people. Search. I believe he's a good person, inherently, but. Um, Again, it's that moral high ground that they think they're on, that perceived moral high ground, kind of blinds them to um, being open about ideas that might be wrong on. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I went through the same thing. My, my guitar player, uh, Doc, and we've been friends for almost 20 years, and we've been, you know, you know, this is this this was the butting of heads. You know, these these points, and you know, I made a I did a video that a lot of people saw that went viral, and I took had a bunch of markers, and I basically deconstructed BLM and how the the media was making money off of it, and that and who was funding it, and I named some names that the forbidden names, and uh, it went viral. It wound up, you know, it was like thirty seven million views. It was like world star every, you know. And uh, and I I said racism is manufactured because you know how I know the media, I know how they are. So I've fed them a line that they could tear me apart with in order to. It was a Trojan horse, and then they carried the video right. to all these platforms. And um, you know, it for Doc, it was mortifying on so many levels because it the reality of what I was suggesting or explaining ripped a hole in everything that he believes in and then i was being vilified and that's you know i, I he he came out with a statement and you know i i was like you know okay the flip side of that is keep in mind when system came out it was everybody was so pro-american mm -hmm. right especially after 9 11. oh yeah you know you, I mean, you couldn't find a flag to buy mm -hmm. everybody was a patriot right and Serge was saying things that were like, well, maybe you should look into things a little bit more. Mm -hmm. What's our culpability? You know, what's our involvement in this? And it, it, we got a massive backlash backlash for it. And I, I was 100% behind Serge mm -hmm. during that time. And I actually wrote a statement myself that was posted on our, on our website in support of Serge, and basically saying, look, although the timing of it is is poorly chosen, what he's saying has validity. So I don't want people to think that, you know there's been some kind of like uh lifelong opposition to each other we yeah. agree on we are agree on more things than we disagree on well somewhere along the line some of your views changed because you did your own research well i've always had these views but again I think 2020 in general is bringing this out of it well it makes you, you know? go to an extreme yeah right i'll be voting for trump mm. my wife who is a lifelong democrat will be voting for trump and it's really because, not because of necessarily my influence on her, but I said, look, just go do the research on your own mm -hmm. and find out what you find out. And then vote your conscience, which is what everybody should do. Legally, vote your conscience. Yeah, and it's not, it's like, I think it's become almost like a popularity contest. <laughs> and it's not, to me, it's policy uh, uh, over likability, you know? It's it's easy to not like Trump. It's very easy. He's he not traditional. No, he says a lot of really stupid things. He tweets even stupider things. Oh, it's true. But you, you <laughs> do you want a president who's the guy you want to hang out with, right? Because Obama was as charismatic as it mm -hmm. gets, right? He was a cool dude. That's cool that's dude. a hard follow up. Exactly, but very diversive, mm -hmm. right? Diverse? Did I say diversive? No. You said diversity. But that's not what I meant to say. 
I meant to say he was deceptive. He was deceptive and he was a divider, mm-hmm. right? And he continually blasted the United States for being racist and all these things. And of course, racism exists. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are racist, you know. Um, but are we bigoted? But right? the, do we give do, people equal opportunity? Are people allowed to be like my thing? My my issues with racism are very simple. I would rather any everyone who's racist to just be like, I'm racist. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> it's just like knowing what neighborhood not to be in, you know. And it's like, uh, I don't, I don't think that as a society, you know, I think extremist radicalism and hate groups. No, anything with criminality. No, which Antifa and BLM now fall into that category with this with their 2020 campaign of whatever it is that they're yeah, doing. Especially Antifa. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's they're trained. You know, they're they're, they're literally. Yeah. Basically. I'm curious yeah. to know is so because uh, I again I don't claim that I am like the super pol- pol- political person, but would would far radical left be considered BLM Antifa? I think Antifa more than BLM. Antifa, okay, so yeah. Antifa is what's considered far radical left. What's considered far radical right? Guys with AKs in front of a store instead of just a. No, I think I think the alt right. I think that. You know the the hyper conservative, um, hyper religious, hyper yeah, very uh, per- persecuting religious. In other words, if you don't believe in Christianity, like Judeo Christian values, yeah, but only Judeo Christian values, right. yeah. Um, then there's the alt right, which is completely different. But if you if you're talking about just politically, you have. Uh, Far left, far right—that's really just ideology, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's not—it's not actionable in a violent way. Right, right. Antifa is is actionable in a violent way. They've proven that, mm-hmm. you know. And Black Lives Matter has been sucked into that. So, initially, I think Black Lives Matter, although I don't agree with their agenda, were a peaceful movement, but they got sucked into Antifa mm-hmm. and associated with Antifa, and they became more and more violent. As things progressed, so now you know you have the most um, damage done in um, in cities, you know, as far as like in the billions, right? Mm-hmm. In history, in the history of the United States, and this is all done um, in the name of progress. When you can't have progress when you're when you're destroying things. But I think it's so important to be looking at everything because I feel like from Deviant Gentlemen to our personal pages. What's going to come through what we're just looking at if we're just scrolling and not looking around is what's considered super right, where, where it's always just showing these Antifa things and uh, how bad the left is. And I'm curious if, if you just like anything somewhat left or democratic, if it only shows you, like in other words, my feed has never shown me anything where there's good peaceful protests. I mean, there has to be some, right? And yeah, I, that course. never comes up. Nobody's making sen- a video of that that's because not sensationalized, right? Because that's yeah. not going to make me go. You know what? I hate. I hate. I hate. But it's also what, not going to make you say, okay, it's not interesting enough for right. people. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to make the, the so, CNN. CNN spends most of their time making old white people scared. Right. And Fox mm-hmm. News spends most of their time making old white people scared. Right. Mm-hmm. That's their agenda because mm-hmm. scared people view a lot longer and will continue to watch and take in that information and, and the advertising dollars coming in. 
mm -hmm. longer. That's the idea. They're not news organizations anymore. We have to understand that. You know, the they're still fairly. I actually like Al Jazeera a lot as a news organization. I like the BBC yeah, in BBC's general. BBC's good. I watched Al Jazeera for a long time. Then, yeah, then I found a documentary about how it's like a, a <laughs> propagated. It's like Qatar has pumped all this money into. Uh, you know, well, it, it was. Uh, it's just a behind the scenes on every, almost every form of media outlet. I'm just curious, what do we consider our democracy, democracy right now if the media is so wrong and, and so deceptive? And, I mean, if, if all this stuff is allowed from unpeaceful protest, all this stuff, and, and there's no anybody to do anything about it, what, what, where are we at in a democracy you to, already? You have to search out other f ways to find information. You have to understand that, you know, all the major news organizations that we have today are owned by corporations. Mm. And those corporations have agendas, and that agenda is to make money. Mm -hmm. That's their only purpose. They don't give a shit about anybody. They don't care about Black Lives Matter any more than the NFL does or the NBA does. They're, it's just perception. They want to be perceived as being on the right side of history, when in reality they're on the wrong side of history. They're just not brave enough to admit it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you have to find credible sources that haven't been bought and paid for yet. And then when they get bought and paid for, you have to find another one. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. You know, I, it's far do you find it increasingly harder to find these sources when it seems like there's a, kind of a, a, a social media censorship war against anyone who, I guess, is a defector from the script? You know, Once again... You have very powerful entities, very big corporations that own these social media platforms and the money behind them. So you have to question like, if, if the agenda for them that, they're, that they want to push is this agenda, should that be the one that you support, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, if the government wants something in general, you have to question whether that's good for you long term or if that's the right thing to do. And um, these Massive corporations, these 50, 60, 100 billion dollar corporations are no different. Why do they want you to think a certain way? Why are they pushing this agenda? People don't seem to have an interest in asking these questions. But later, right, when the pendulum swings hard the other way, which it always does, swings hard one way, then it goes harder the other way, you have to have the wherewithal to also question at that point why an agenda is being pushed forward, and that's a popularized agenda. At the end of the day, we're just meant to be divided at all times, questioned at all times, broke at all times, chasing dollars at all times, and constantly in debt. I just think the level of hate is so high right now through, uh, like, even on that post that you made, and I, was, I scrolled through the comments for as long as I could, and it's just like, this one, it, you know, someone says hate something hateful about you, and then someone comments to that. This one comes that now. These two are in it for the next ten minutes, just it, and it's completely off topic of what you posted to get in personal. I've posted just Let's, to mess with people like a flower, mm -hmm. just see what they put underneath it. Yeah, it's incredible where they go with it. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm wondering though when since because again I I don't really know tons. This is the first time really an election or anything that I've paid close attention to. But when prior to Trump has there been such so much hate fueled? I mean, has it been a while since we've seen this? Or is I, this I can't remember it ever happening. Yeah. on this level. And I think we're also this is the this the past this election and the last election were the first time where the battles uh, were being fought online, 
and social media has moved to the forefront of taking a massive role in swaying uh, the citizenry in how they feel, think, you know, they're really, and I think these, these companies need to be held accountable. You know, uh, it, it's not, it's not a fair and free democracy. If, uh, an entire social network that is used by half of the population is pushing one political agenda. Well, their biases need to be addressed without a doubt. But at the end of the day, it's a bunch of cowards mm -hmm. who are, you know, on their phones or on a iPad or some other device. And they would never say the things they're saying if they were in front of the three of us right. or one of us, even yeah. if there were three of them. Like we get, we get into an argument and we're like, yo, I'll meet you and we'll fight right now. And then <laughs> what I'm saying is like, <laughs> literally it's, it's easy to have these ideas. And also like, there's no real back and forth, right? Like there's no presenting of, um, information or like, right, hey, well, people just get nasty. They just get what's nasty. What's your perspective on something? So right. look, sometimes I'll lose my temper with people and I'll go like, look, I'm going to, I'll knock the teeth into the back of your head. <laughs> sometimes I go that, but most of the time I'll just be like, look, if you want to have a civil debate, mm -hmm. I'll listen to anything you have to say. Right. But keep it civil. Don't insult. And if they're too insulting, you just block them. Right. You Do know? you think it's easier for people to be spew vitriol and hatred to an avatar rather than being, you know, like you said, if we were all right. sitting in a bar or at a club or backstage and these people were there, you know, some of the people who talk shit to me, I'm like nine times out of 10, dude, you'd ask for my picture. You would ask to take a picture with me. I just feel like civility is lost when you're online, yeah. when you're behind a, a screen. There's no empathy. Because there, and... there's actually no repercussions, right? Like, in, it, there's a reason why people act right. Yeah. You know, because if you don't act right, sometimes you get dealt with. Yeah. You know, and well, we've, uh, there, you know, there there's is repercussions a... to coming in your face when you're with your girl mm -hmm. and saying you're a racist or you're a bigot or something like that, because then you're going to you're going to you have somebody real in front of you that can just say, well, you know, let's either discuss it or let's step outside if you want to get to that point. Right. Which yeah. hopefully people don't. We're trying to avoid that. Right. But on the flip side of that is I see a lot of people getting kind of bushwhacked. At dinner or something like that. Yeah. When you see BLM walk up oh, with seventy-five people, yeah. you know, pointing fingers in people's faces, how dare you do that? You know. Why but again, you? I think that's calculated. We've talked about that. Like if us three are at dinner, that they're gonna skip our table. Yeah. They they also don't. I also I don't think that they do that in. <laughs> if you notice that that's not happening in cities and states where you have concealed carry or it's an open carry state, you know, because. They know. They're definitely not doing it in Florida where it's a stand your ground state. Oh, yeah. Or Texas or yes. Arizona. It's just not. They tr they've they tried. And but what's they... funny is it's kind of like, in, in some ways it makes me smile. Because you know, generally speaking, where these things are taking place. Mm. They're all pretty similar in mindsets. right? Yeah. And it's backfiring. Similar to what happened with the Me Too movement, which backfired in Hollywood's face in the biggest way possible. Mm -hmm. And I just sat back and laughed because I was like, you're the jerk-offs that are the worst people. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there condescending to the normal person all across the country and talking about how awful they are when you're the one that's awful. You're the one that manipulates situations to your advantage. 
and you yeah, mistreat they, people. They they openly fire. they will the you know I, I Alyssa Milano is a joke. You know, it's like the virtue of the Me Too movement was it's again it's like BLM. It's like oh okay like yeah no this isn't cool, uh, and then it goes to a way too far extent, and then you know in twenty. But you don't hear about uh, Me Too movement anymore after. Biden was accused. It exactly. That's the problem. So their hypocrisy And she is even expressed. came forward and said that, well, we don't have all the facts yet. And it's like, wait, what happened to we? We're supposed to believe the victims. Facts. You don't need facts unless it hurts someone that is a part of your clique. Mm-hmm. So, but again, they, that's that well, it's a meaning, well, like, But it's a meaningless movement now because they took away any credibility they had. If they had, if they had any real credibility, they would have said, you know what? This is the Me Too movement. We don't have political affiliations. Yeah, and if you and we're gonna we're gonna press this and tr- find out what the truth of this matter is, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. Well, then like, they how, would, where's the Me Too movement when the NFL's all wearing Jacob Blake things on their helmets? How is the 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 girl that he sexually abused the, from nine to fifteen, and the woman he raped? How are they supposed to feel about all these celebrity athletes taking a knee for a pedophile rapist? Again, it's because they don't do the research. Mm -hmm. They think they're doing the right thing. You know, they're looking to their leadership. Well, I'm saying where's Me Too in that? Well, Me Too is a hypocritical movement. Mm -hmm. And they have no credibility. So. You know, in Fourth of July weekend, there were the way, eight kids shot. Quotes. These yeah. are quotes that'll be taken. Me too. Th- this is what they do to me all the time. Yeah, it's the same. Um, yeah. Me too is a hypocritical move. So they'll take that and they'll make that the centerpiece. And then, well, it's it's a job now. You know, there are attorneys who they're it's the new ambulance chasers, especially in Hollywood. It's like any woman just is like, oh, that this happened, and they're like, oh, payday, and they just go right into it. And for the most part. If they go after somebody who's a multimillionaire, they just like they just cut a check and like yo get out of here. Yeah, and it worked for a long time until they hit Stan Lee, and people were like, "Fuck off, mm-hmm. we don't want to hear anything about Stan Lee." Remember that? Yeah, yeah. They and that was like it that fizzled real fast. And you know who else is, um, you know, it's kind of nice. Musicians really don't get hit very hard by the Me Too movement for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe the. Uh, there's a lowered expectation. They tried to go after Motley Crue after the dirt came out. There was like a big pushback, and nobody like, cared. Yeah, because you're like, dude, like, what do you mean? Like, it's like, you know, what you signed. You know, but, are, but are, there are situations like if you look at what happened to the death metal band Decapitated in 2017. They they were a Polish death metal band. They all were arrested in L.A. for an alleged uh, gang rape that took place in Spokane, Washington, on that tour. Two days prior. You know why I can't believe that that happened? Why is that? No women go to death metal concerts. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely none. Well, it, they it, do, tur- they it turned out. Woman. Well, I mean. We're they, making light of it. They, but, you know, they, but, it turned out that the whole thing was a lie and that she had a a recorded history of falsifying uh, sexual abuse and police reports. A history, an elongated history. Uh, and the case got dropped and thrown out, but they still, how much, you know, a death metal band, they have no money. Right. Well, they, something else is, as soon as that's out there, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the game. perception. Yeah. And then even if later on it's disproven, They're indemnified, yeah. your whole life, you're, right. you, that's the first thing that comes up on a Google search. Right. Yeah. You know? And 
it's very hard to get past that, right? Yeah. Not very many people can. Well, yeah, people stop searching for the band name and they start searching for sexual assault by decapitated. And yeah, that's that's what they get associated with. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Guilty until proven, proven innocent. innocent. Yeah, that's it is the metal community is, is is forgiving though. You look at like Tim Lumbesis from As I Lay Dying, and uh, we got to get him on the show. Uh, but he, you know, he had this thing where he he was he went to jail for I think six years for try attempting to hire an undercover cop <laughs> to assassinate his wife before their divorce. Uh, and you know he and he went to jail and he he did time and. I mean, his his decisions affected his entire band, who, who I'm, I'm close with, and they've had to get a therapist to bring the band back together and do all this. And they, you know, he did his time, and he's he has he he went to a correctional facility, and it seems like he's doing great. He spends a lot of his time volunteering. He helps a lot of young guys. He works in a in a in a treatment facility, and uh, and the band has been able to to come back. So I don't know if like you know, being in a metal band is like. You know, you know, Ivan has had a history in Five Finger. He'll like tell everyone "fuck you" and walk off the stage drunk, and people like they're like, "just get sober, bro." And still one of the biggest bands in the world. And so, I, think I just it, feel like in, in is it metal privilege? No, I, I think music <laughs> in general is looked at differently than everything else. I think actors are looked at for what they are. You know, like um, actors, right? Like they pretend they're somebody else all the time. So. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a legitimate art form to that that I respect, and and I I want to just say that because I I don't like any any other creative facet that's outside of music is not you know we're all doing this thing because we love it, but I but I but th- I think the perception of actors is different than the perception of musicians. I feel like people look at musicians as more honest because uh, all of our all of our angst and anger and insecurities come out in our lyrics because we wear who we wear who we are so i think that there's a there's a little more leeway given to musicians that's what i was trying to say yeah yeah. you know uh, i'm a big fan of i I probably spend 70 percent of my time watching movies and tv Mm -hmm. i'm a tremendous fan of great acting you know like right now i'm delving into billions in the deepest way like um, it's very well written and like the acting is superb that's the rock one billions what's billions no, it's um who's the main actor on Billions, you know? Not Kevin Spacey. No. Kevin Spacey's Kevin Spacey's yeah. out of yeah. work yeah. for a while. Um He was also in the Howard Stern movie. He oh. played uh, Pig Vomiter or Pig Virus, whatever his name was. He's a fantastic actor, like Paul a real Giamatti. Oh Paul, Paul Giamatti, Giamatti yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking of uh Ballers. Oh yeah, ballers. Which yeah, I also yeah. like. And then I think that show. that show yeah. succession. Succession. It's a little woke. It's a little woke for me. Ballers. Ballers. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but I still enjoy it. I'm on The Handmaid's Tale finally. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking is. terrifying. Really? I mean, it's a playbook for 2020. It's just they rearrange it so that rather than it's basically women who are under attack, and there's like a um, a sterility pandemic where no one can get pregnant so anyone who is fertile is abducted and then like only rich families are use them as cows to procreate children wow it's, what a great concept yeah. oh it's it's 
and it only, and it's only happening in America. They California. all talk. They're like, we almost got, uh, we we got stopped at the Canadian border. Like they're like, it, it's just crazy. I'm like, yo, this is nuts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. I'll put so, that on the list. I'm before, on season one, episode three. It's great. Uh, so John, before we get out of here, so uh, you're not going anywhere as far as system of a down. And oh, you mean will I be kicked out of the right, right, right? Just to, <laughs> just to, it's not gonna happen, right? No chance. And uh, what are you? Are you guys doing uh, Patreon? Are you guys doing writing any music? Doing anything? Getting ready? Or are you just kind of? No, my band's pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> we haven't made an album in fifteen years. You know, we're we're among the three stupidest bands of all time, which would be Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> System of a Down, and Tool. Right, right. Um, Very controversial. You know. Very controversial. I wish, I wish that we we could get it together, but it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. I really hold very little hope for it ever happening. It's funny that you mentioned those three bands because I would argue that those three bands are the three greatest, like intact, legacy rock bands that at that level that still exists it's like dumb dumber and dumbest well but do you I, think I, it's because of the lack of of content you know or no the... i i think really it's it's that egos today mm-hmm. um are much greater than they were back in the 60s and 70s when bands would be like you know what we hate each other or we don't agree or whatever the case may be but unless someone dies we're mm-hmm. continuing on you think the rolling stones sit there and like call each other every day and and dream of being together after this many years right. yeah but they but they go up there and they do what they're best at which is be the rolling stones and i think yeah. you said in the beginning about music bringing you know when you're at a concert or whatever at, from a fan's point of view of like at that point in time i don't care where you're from i don't really even care what there's some bands where like you know I, i'm really hooked into the lyrics and, and i know it's talking to me and then there's others like and and for instance exactly system of a down rage against machine tool i haven't seen live but i've seen you you guys and i've seen rage against the machine live and i'm not there because i'm like hey i agree with all this stuff i'm here because the music and what's going on and the vibe i, I identify with you it you don't have to agree with anything right. lyrically if you don't want to it's there for your interpretation. It, it, that's the thing too. You can like I listen to Rage Against the Machine, and even though Rage Against the Machine is a pronounced like Marxist supporting band, I hear lyrics and right. I'm like, that's the thing for me as someone who's who's been in the middle. It's inter- like I interpret lyrics from your band and from System of a Down to either party, whoever is the one who is committing, you know, the this the 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 attrition. And the censorship and the and being against the people, in my perspective, is how it works. And by the way, who made, who is the genius that made actors, musicians, and uh, athletes into some kind of uh, like uh, demigods who can who can be the arbiters of thought and and uh, morality. And, I mean, and you don't even have to be that. You can literally just suck a dick, and then your family's famous, like the Kardashians. <laughs> so I'm on it. Well, you know I what I mean? Know, I don't know if I want to go that far to be yeah. famous, but you know, <laughs> um, maybe some. Uh... John, hit me with some. Uh, hit me with some links. Give me your stuff. Plug your stuff. What do you got? Well, I'm on uh, Instagram at John Delmayan underscore or something. I don't know. Whatever, John Delmayan. It's the only one that's got verification. <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore. Uh, I just had to get off. It was too stupid. Mm. Um, and that's really it. How about the support, comics? You wanna... Support Torpedo Comics, and um, I've got a Kickstarter starting probably tomorrow for my comic book called Essentia, which awesome. you can find on Kickstarter. I think you'll be really into that storyline. We didn't get into it, but 
maybe yeah. next time. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have we'll have the links, uh, everything where you can find John and, and anything about uh, the comic book and stuff. Um, and by the way, guys, I'm going to leave you with this. No matter what your ideology, no matter what your philosophy, understand uh, one or two things here. One, you're allowed to change your mind on things based on new information. And two, there is no political party that's looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Neither of them. Neither of the major political parties we ha- of the two we have here are looking out for you. Look out for yourself. But remember, the Constitution is here. It's your friend. The Bill of Rights is here. It's your friend. Support it. Respect it. Nurture it. And give it to future generations so that they can have the same rights to make stupid decisions that you do. Fucking A. Hell yeah. All right. You got anything else? No. Well, John, thanks again, man. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, We'll see you next time. Happy to be here.